is the 200 level episode 201 five for one not five to one the door song that was the pun i was kind of going for it's the fifth year for number one trent frazier and a huge bit of news for illinois basketball yesterday i'm sitting here on a sunday morning and it is a beautiful sunny springtime sunday morning and i'm feeling a hell of a lot better about illinois basketball than i did a few weeks ago And everything's been in a state of flux. We don't know what the roster is going to completely look like next year. But I think the concern that I had was losing all momentum from what you accomplished last year. And by bringing a Trent Frazier back into the fold, you raise the floor immensely for next year's team to that area of, yeah, we're going to make the tournament. Maybe we'll be really good if a Kofi comes back, and maybe we'll be just fine if Trent comes back. But at least you raise the floor to a point where you are not dreading, oh my God, are we going to finish in the bottom half of the Big Ten, be a bubble team, something like that. No, I, I think that we've established a new floor where we can feel comfortable going into next year. What we're going to talk about later with Trent is his legacy with Illini basketball, because There are certain guys like a D and a Darren that we always point towards as the all-time greats. But then there's another group that while they were very good players, they may not get their jersey hung in the rafters, but they hold a special place in Illini fans' hearts. And Trent seems to be on that short list of guys who maybe he's not an all-timer in terms of production or in terms of, you know, he's going to go to the NBA and have a long career. But he is going to be someone that we remember as one of our guys, or as Brad Underwood would say, an everyday guy. Uh, Trent is going to have a huge impact on the team next year, and not just defensively, where he's terrific, and not just offensively, where when he was the primary scorer when Iowa was out last year, we saw, hey, he still has it, right? He still has that ability. But as the sort of leader alongside an Andre Curbelo, who's still going to be finding out his role as the floor general, you get a fifth-year Trent Frazier to be the heart and soul of that team. And I know those are kind of platitudes and cliches, but I think they hold true with Trent. And as excited as I am, as most Illini fans probably are about this, I got to think that Brad Underwood and the staff are even more excited. I don't think this was expected. And, well, (laughs) let me rephrase. Until last week, it wasn't expected. And then the rumors came out, his dad's talking, oh, yeah, Trent's going to be coming back. And we spend the entire week thinking, great. And then we ride that roller coaster on Saturday when he starts putting out these sort of cryptic Instagram pictures. And it all works out. Trent was just having some fun. He had that moment where he could play the crowd a little bit, hype it up, and he deserves that. Because for the four years that he's been here, he has been one of those guys that just goes out and does it. And he hasn't had that big moment to announce, okay, I'm going to this school or I'm transferring to that school. He had that moment on Saturday and good for him. He deserves it. And now we get to bask in the glow as Illini fans that we have a really good player coming back. And in addition to a transfer from Utah, we have a backcourt that's going to be pretty damn good as is. And it may not be done, right? We may not be done with this roster construction So we have a lot of fun things to talk about with Illini basketball. Illini football with their spring game tomorrow. That'll be Monday, depending on when you listen to this. And I'll be excited to watch a little Monday night football on Big Ten Network. I'll settle in and and check it out. I didn't get tickets to the spring game, and the weather looks great. So for the 7,500 people or however many are going tomorrow, should be a good night. And it will be fun to settle in and watch Isaiah Williams versus Brandon Peters to watch the stable of running backs. 
to see how the defense plays. You know, this is one of those things in spring games where if you score a lot of points, you're always thinking, oh God, does the defense just stink? Or if the defense actually does a good job, you're thinking, oh my God, do we have a problem at the quarterback position? There's never any spring game that you walk out of feeling amazing because you simply don't learn a whole lot. But for this being Brett Bielema's first exposure and the first time that we get to see his team on the field after what's been a really happy and fun four months, I mean, for Illini football standards, this has been a great four months, uh, it'll be nice to actually watch some football. And uh, at Memorial Stadium with fans in the stands, no less. So a great weekend, right? This has been a good weekend, much needed as I sit here on a Sunday, sipping on some coffee and and kind of easing into the day. This is one of those vibes that I haven't had probably for a month plus before the Loyola game and feeling good overall about the state of Illinois basketball and football and thinking that they're both trending the right way. So lots to get to today. Before we get too far ahead of ourselves, got to remind you the 200 level is brought to you by DPDO online at dpdo.com. You can use coupon code Mike for $5 calzone, $6 premium and construction zones at dpdo.com. You can get a custom zone with any topping you want, and they got almost endless options. Or you can get one of their favorites, like the Buffer Zone or the Maui Wowie. Those are my go-tos back in college. Get the signature dipping sauce on the side, and best of all, they deliver anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. So just use coupon code MIKE for $5 calzones at dpdo.com. Also, 4th and Kirby, we're getting into warm weather again. Thank God for that t-shirt weather, and they got plenty of options for you at fourthandkirby.com. Use coupon code 200LEVEL for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. I got the Conference Champions orange t-shirt. I got the Corey Bradford t-shirt, and I actually have, from last fall I got this, it's the Illinois Football Big Guy t-shirt. This is one of my favorites. I'm going to wear it tomorrow for that Illinois spring game. You can get those and a bunch of other great shirts at fourthandkirby.com. Got to thank State Farm agent Brian Hansen. He's our guy. He can be your guy. So go to brianismyguy.com for State Farm agent Brian Hansen. Life, auto, home, business renters, you name it. Brian will hook you up with great State Farm prices, of course, and personalized service that just made the whole process so easy for me and my wife when we got homeowners and an auto bundle from State Farm Agent Brian Hansen online at brianismyguy.com. And finally, Rector Construction online at rectorconstruction.com. We're getting into that time of year for home projects, everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between. The guys at Rector Construction are great at what they do. And they're also great citizens of Champaign-Urbana. They've been giving back to the community from when they got started. So I can vouch for these guys not just great work, but great dudes. You want to be able to trust the people that work on your home. You can with the folks at Rector Construction, R-E-C-T-O-R Construction.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. If you haven't already, rate and review us at Apple Podcasts. We've got some really good ones recently. We got a ton during the end of basketball season, and then there's that natural lull when you lose to Loyola and we're just kind of picking up the pieces, but uh, some nice ones that we've gotten since then. And it's cool to see that there are fans of both kind of, let's say formats of the 200 level, the second half podcast that we did, and we will continue when football season starts up again. Those have kind of their own niche. And then there are the solo pods this summer. I will try to get some interviews. The good thing with summer vacation is that I'll have that free time to schedule some good interviews with some interesting people. So we'll get to work on that. The good thing is that, you know, we made it through last summer when there were no sports to talk about. And 
I'm thinking as I sit here today, occasionally we get news about a recruit or a transfer. That's going to give us enough, enough fodder for the next couple months. But then I think, okay, June, July, the doldrums of summer, what is there going to be to talk about? And then I remember, well, wait, we made it through the summer of 2020. This will be a cinch. So we will find some cool new twist for the program uh, in these, let's say, the off-season months for Illinois football and basketball. But this weekend was certainly not uh, the feeling of an off season, right? It felt like we were kind of riding that news feed on Twitter and, and the rumor mill and checking our phones every so often, at least I was, to see when news would drop about two guys. Alfonso Plummer, we'll get to him in a bit, transfer from Utah. Wanted to start with Trent, though, because I was thinking about Trent Frazier and what his legacy will be at Illinois, and I think it would have been secure after four years. He had a strong senior year. He had a monster freshman year, if you recall, where he was sort of a microwave offensively. He was your primary guy, and we all thought, well, this is going to be amazing. You team up Iowa with Trent, you're going to have a dynamic duo. Now, Trent, his sophomore, junior year, let's say, I don't know, if regression isn't the right word, but he had to play a new role as the guy that was not the primary scorer. And we saw that offensively, that had a negative impact where he was a bit more streaky, his numbers went down, his shooting percentages went down. But all the while, he became a really good defender. And that is a sort of thankless job. When I think about Trent, his sophomore and junior year, as he became a very good defender and was a huge contributor and a starter on all those teams, right? He's a really good player. For some reason, his freshman year, I think, tantalized us to the point of, this guy, if he's not scoring 15 points a game, must be some sort of bum, right? He's not that good. He was just a flash in the pan. That, that isn't the case at all, but I think that there was a bit of that feeling even into this year where Trent would have off games. And keep in mind, Trent shot one for 11 from the field against Loyola. So there's no guarantee that as a fifth-year senior, Trent is going to figure it out and score 15 points every game and not have those off nights. He is naturally a, a streaky shooter. So is Alfonso Plummer, and we'll get to that in a bit. Maybe that's a concern that you have for the backcourt next year. But what you did see in the senior year for Trent was more consistency on offense, continued development on defense. He's one of the best defenders in the Big Ten. 6-1 or not, he is one of the best backcourt defenders in the Big Ten. You bring that back next year for a team that without Trent, we would have been concerned about how your defense was in the backcourt, especially. Because Corbello, he'll develop, he'll get fine as a defender. He might even turn into a really good defender. But he picks up a lot of silly fouls, right? So without Trent, you're thinking, okay, maybe we got Corbello, maybe we get this plumber kid, but how does that all shake out? No. You have a rock defensively back for you next year. At a minimum, you've got that. Offensively, What I think you can take some solace in with Trent is what he did when Iowa went out. Now, the Michigan game is always going to be the one we look towards. The Michigan game is Trent's best game as a collegiate athlete, and that might remain so through next year. I mean, that was a perfect night for Trent Frazier on the biggest stage of the regular season. And that will be his legacy, right? We're always going to remember that game, regardless of how the the second round exit and stuff last year. That doesn't matter uh, for Trent's legacy. What matters is that he showed up when you needed him to with Io injured. So with this year, with Trent and his role on this team, I'll be interested to see how he and Curbelo play off each other, which you're looking at two undersized guards. Curbelo is going to be the primary ball handler. And I think 
What excites me the most is how when Iowa was out and Trent was able to play off the ball more, you saw that his offense improved and in some cases improved dramatically. He seems to me someone that the streakiness is maybe a byproduct of how much effort he has to put in as both the primary ball handler and the best backward defender. And I don't care who you are. If you're putting that much energy into bringing the ball up the court, facilitating the offense, and you're guarding the other team's best guard, that is going to have probably a negative impact on your shooting ability. Your legs are not going to be under you as much. Fortunately, he won't have to be the primary ball handler all that much next year. Maybe 15 minutes a game. I don't know. But when Corbello's out there, he's running point. And that will be a primary difference in terms of backcourt usage. Last year, it was sort of by committee. Corbello started to emerge as the season went on and became that primary guy. But if you think about most of the year, those ball handling duties were split between Trent, Corbello, and Io. I guess Miller, not so much. And that might be part of the reason that Miller is considering transferring. But yeah, that is going to, I think, really benefit Trent. You surround him with other shooters like Plummer. And then some wings that you hope will be able to shoot well. If you get a healthy Hutcherson, you know the Grandison can shoot the three pretty well. And then one of the freshmen, Podzimski, Goody, Melendez, if one of them can turn into a primary rotation guy that can shoot off the bench, great. All of a sudden, you have a stable of shooters. Trent is just one of those guys, and he can continue to excel at all the things he's great at while scoring 12, 13, 14 points a game. So him coming back, is huge for the team from a production standpoint. That's 12 to 15 points a game that you can count on, a great defender you can count on, but there's the intangible parts of it that excite me the most. What I've talked about before in this podcast is that when Illinois basketball is at its peak and when it's really rolling, there is this sort of staggered year-by-year thing where you always have a few key guys returning. You never lose everybody, You gradually incorporate new faces of the program and you feel comfortable because you got the guys that you already know mixed in with some guys that you're excited about coming in. Trent coming back with Corbello especially gives me that sort of feeling that a kid would have if you gave him a blanket. (laughs) Like, here's your blankie. It's all going to be okay. That is the primary feeling I get from Trent coming back is that, okay, wait, we aren't going to suck. We're probably going to be pretty good. And that there are other moves we can make this offseason that might make us very good, including if Kofi were to come back. So that is a sort of warm and familiar feeling with a fifth-year Trent coming back. And also the fact that we get to think up a little bit where he falls in terms of Illini basketball history. He is not going to be enshrined, I don't think, with his jersey in the rafters. Now, if it were based on effort and loyalty, he would be, right? This guy has always worked his butt off since he came here, and he's one of the most loyal guys considering he committed to John Gross and still came here and elected to come back for a fifth year when he didn't need to. Trent could have went off to Europe and made money. Maybe he still has NBA aspirations. I know that that's probably a long shot. He'd have to have a monster super senior year for that, but he could have went and made money playing ball and instead he's going to stay here hopefully for his sake he can sell some image and likeness i think people will buy trent frazier apparel he's a fan favorite now this solidifies the fact that trent frazier while he may not have his jersey up in the state farm rafters someday he is going to be remembered as one of people's favorite illini 
when he returns to the State Farm Center five, ten years from now, he's going to get a standing ovation and a hero's welcome. And it will be much deserved. Because this is a guy that I, if I really think about it, I kind of compare to a Corey Bradford. And you guys know my affection for Corey. Great guy, of course. But also, as I was a kid, in my formative years, being an Illini fan, Corey was the guy. Of course, I loved Frank and all the other guys that were on that team and in that era of Illinois basketball. But Corey was the fixture. He was that warm and familiar face that when you brought in Frank and Marcus Griffin and Brian Cook, you already knew who Corey was. Sort of like you already knew who Trent was when Io came in and then Kofi and then Andres Feliz along with Io. You, are, you started to feel like, well, wait, we already know who this guy is. We know that he's good. And the fact that we get this extra year would sort of be similar to if Corey somehow, some way played one year after Frank left. So imagine this, right? Frank leaves after his junior year. Corey and those guys graduated as well. If there were, for whatever reason, a fifth year for Corey Bradford, and he comes back next year with Brian Cook and then those young guards, D, Darren, they came in, right? Then I think it would have been exciting to see what Corey would have done in that role as going back to the primary score after kind of delegating that to other people for his sophomore, junior, and senior years. Kind of like Trent, right? Freshman year, he had to be the guy, just like Corey. Had to be the guy his freshman year, and he was great at it. Had to take a reduced role offensively, but then develop the other parts of his game, kind of like Corey. Remember, Corey was a really good defender, and he could shoot the three. He did everything right, but he just was not the star on his sophomore, junior, and senior year teams. There is a chance. There is a chance that Trent actually is the star next year. I mean, we know Curbelo is, right? We know Curbelo is a superstar. He's a flashy guy. He's going to be one of the, if not the best point guard in the Big Ten. And that's a lofty thing to say about a guy that's only played one season in college basketball. But there's a reason we're so high on Curbelo because he probably will be the best point guard in the Big Ten. That's how damn good he is. But that will only make the guys around him better. And I'm excited to see Trent with a full year as the number two guy or the shooting guard, let's say, and what that will do for him offensively. I would love to see, and I could, I could totally envision this, Trent Frazier getting a third All-Big Ten team. I don't know about second. Honorable mention, at least. I could see him getting some accolades. Certainly All-Big Ten defensive team again. And it would be cool to have him leave with a little bit of individual hardware. This guy's put in the time. He's put in the effort. And for him to come back when he didn't need to, and to really bring a rock and a familiarity to this team when, as a fan, I needed it, that feels great. Also, the fact that next year there will be fans in the State Farm Center and he can get that warm welcome that he deserves, that he didn't get this year for senior night. No, he's going to get that. So it's exciting to have Trent back. I had occasional frustrations with him early this season because it felt like that inconsistency was still there offensively. But man, as the year went on, he was there when you needed him the most. Of course, the exception being the Loyola game, but in Trent's defense, who showed up for that game other than, I don't know, Adam Miller and Kofi? Uh, Curbelo, I guess, played tough, but just was not his most efficient game. Everyone sucked that day, basically. No, Trent was huge for you. You don't have that amazing six-week run without Trent Frazier. And uh, in a lot of ways, the consistency that he showed late in the year is a lot like the consistency that Andres Feliz showed the year before that. Where, of course, he got Io making game-winning shots, but really the second guy, the one that was most consistent for you, 
behind Io two years ago was Andres Feliz. And then last year, Trent Frazier was that second most reliable guy. So let's see what he does this year. He's going to have help. Alfonso Plummer, six foot one shooting guard from Utah. He's going to be a super senior as well. One year of eligibility left. And this is a monster pickup. 40% from three. 13 points a game last year. 13.6. And yes, he's small. If, let's get the concern out of the way. Andre Curbelo, Trent Frazier, Alfonso Plummer. Small, small, small. Six foot one, I think all of them. Maybe Curbelo's six two. I don't know. I mean, he's lanky. He's got length and probably a decent arm span. And he's so fast. It doesn't really matter for Curbelo. Uh, but for Trent and Plummer, that might be a concern against the larger backcourts. Plummer, defensively, that will be the question mark. Though I've heard uh, that he's pretty decent with that. I need to actually watch some more tape of what he does defensively. But what he does do well, and what we know he does very well, is shoot the ball. And yeah, probably a little bit streaky. There might be nights where Trent and Plummer are not making their shots. You're pulling your hair out and you score 58 points because you just aren't making any threes. But there are going to be other nights where they're both hitting and good luck, right? And getting a guy like Plummer, power five guy from Utah, and we saw what the Pac-12 did in the NCAA tournament. That's not a conference that you should overlook. I know we all did last year, but uh, Utah played some decent competition and he put up those numbers. So this is not going to be one of those guys like, okay, if Feliz comes in from a Juco and you're wondering, well, how will he transition? He transitioned just fine, but that can be hit or miss with a Juco guy or someone that comes from maybe like a Mark Allstork came from a right state. Now this is power five, Utah. I think we can have some trust that Plummer is going to be very good for you next year. Now, whether that's close to 14 points a game or maybe closer to 10, that might be the question, but he's going to score. And it will be fun to watch him in that backcourt when you have a guy like Curbelo facilitating. So think about this. In the backcourt, you know, at a minimum, you have Curbelo and you have Trent and you have Plummer. At a minimum, that raises the floor immensely for next year's team. You got shooters and you got the guy that can get them the ball. Then there are the unknowns, the guys that are wings slash guards like a Podzimski and a Goody, and I guess a Melendez will throw in there as well. And then you have the true wings like a Hutcherson and a Grandison. But here's the question going forward. We get Trent yesterday. We get Plummer. We'll await word on Kofi, and by the time this comes out, maybe Kofi will say something. The way the news is traveling so quickly now, uh, let's operate under, let's, let's do something real quick about Kofi. Let's operate under the assumption that he's going to do what Io did last year. And I think that's fair to say. There's no reason for Kofi to not put his name in the draft. And there's no reason for him to not go through that process. So we will probably be in limbo with Kofi coming back next year. And because of that, every discussion that we have for the next few months will have that caveat. Okay, we know that with these guys, Illinois will be this good. But if Kofi comes back, and at this point, with the roster as it is, if you just simply bring Kofi back, you're a top 10 team. So, hey, that's not bad, right? You take Kofi out of it, you're still a tournament team, but there's more question marks. So let's just get the Kofi thing out of there, out of the way. Uh, we will probably find out soon enough that, yes, he's going to enter the draft process. And just like last year, it might even sound like he's gone for sure, but after he gets evaluated and finds out what he needs to do, maybe he will come back and try to be the national player of the year. So that will be one of those continuing storylines that I don't know when we're going to get resolution on. But there are a couple other guys that we might find out about sooner. Let's start with DeMonte. DeMonte coming back. 
I mean, we got a full stable of guys, right? We got a lot of guys, some question marks for sure. But DeMonte is another one of those, the same idea that you give a kid a blankie. Makes him feel warm and fuzzy. You bring DeMonte back, I'm feeling even more warm and fuzzy. All right. Defensively, if you bring DeMonte back, you are going to be an excellent defensive team. And we can say that, Kofi, or not, because Omar Payne is going to be a good defender for you in the front court. DeMonte is that sort of jack of all trades. I know, yes, of course, he struggled against Loyola. Who didn't? But man, was he big down the stretch. He can shoot the three. He can defend well. He can defend fours if you ask him to, like he did EJ Liddell. Bringing DeMonte back for what would be his sixth year in college. Hey, get your doctorate if you want to, DeMonte. I mean, he could. Um, that would be another monster addition to this team. And just like Trent, it would not count against your scholarships. So that is where I'm looking towards next. Now, DeMonte, unlike Trent, he probably won't do that thing where he teases anything on Instagram. Does he even have an Instagram? DeMonte just sort of, I don't know, maybe he just shows up. <laughs> he's, a, he's a man of few words, as we know, and he doesn't seem to be into that sort of, um, well, certainly not social media, but any sort of hyping himself up. But that's where I'm turning my attention to next. And if he does announce to come back to Illinois, and I have no inkling one way or the other, but I would think that Trent coming back would help his cause and make him think, well, why not run it back? If you're DeMonte, or Trent for that matter, you look at what you guys did the year before without Io. And just like all of us fans, while we were so excited with that three-game stretch when Io was out, we thought, oh my God, <clears throat> we're watching next year's team. We're watching them right in front of our eyes. This is how good they can be, presuming Kofi comes back, right? And if you're DeMonte, you see Trent come back, well, why not? Why not come back and play with Trent and Curbelo? And a bunch of other guys that you think will probably be all right. And be another leader on that team, which DeMonte, as quiet as he might be, certainly adopted that role. You saw the sort of affection that the other guys have for DeMonte, understandably so. He is sort of like the grizzled old uncle that you look to for sage advice. A man of few words, but when he talks, you listen. That seems to be the role that he plays on this team. I'm excited to see if he were to come back, what that might mean then for Adam Miller. There seems to be this thought process that Adam Miller is definitely not coming back because you got Plummer. No way, right? There's not room for him. Wrong. <laughs> Plummer's here, right? He's not going anywhere. He's not going to transfer after he transfers to Illinois. In other words, even if Miller comes back, that's not going to change anything for Plummer and certainly not Trent or Corbello. What it does, though, is it gives you a larger guard that you can put in that lineup. If Adam wants to run some point, I mean, if that's the hiccup here, let him run some point. He's probably going to be pretty good at it. Uh, not that you just acquiesce to any demands of a recruit, but if that's the concern for him and he wants to be a ball handler, I think he could find that next year. But I would be watching that close. DeMonte comes back, and then what does that mean for Adam Miller? He sees that DeMonte's back, Trent's back, Corbello's back. And regardless of Kofi's decision, you would think that would entice Adam to come back. This has been one of the more weird announcements one of the more, I'm going in the transfer portal, because there was never a formal announcement from Adam Miller. The news came out. There was no Instagram picture with a long paragraph thanking the Illini fans and saying, for sure, I'm gone. It all seemed a bit weird, and it still does. And however we got to this point, it appears that Adam Miller still has a part of him that would like to come back to Illinois. And you don't need a promise in the world, and you don't need to make any sort of you know, crazy pronouncements like, you're going to be the guy, this or that. But keep in mind, Adam Miller was really good as a freshman. And yeah, you will find a spot for him on this team. 
if it comes down to it. Just like John Gross said he could count, pretty sure that Brad Underwood could too. You're still actively recruiting, I would think, Adam Miller. And from what I understand, they're all going to be there tomorrow night, on Monday night, at the stadium for this. And you get a warm welcome from 7,500 fans, and you're with your friends, the guys that you spent the last year with, most of whom are coming back now. I mean, yeah, Georgie, Io. Um, but it appears that most everyone else is coming back after there was a bit of a period of limbo where you didn't know if they would. And all of a sudden, if you're Adam Miller, don't you question that uh, transfer portal decision a little bit more and say, well, wait, why would I want to leave? I know these guys. This is the place I want to be. So yeah, DeMonte, that I would think would be the next domino to fall. And it might happen quietly, but if it does, then our eyes would turn back to Adam Miller. Those will be the two storylines to watch, I think, in the immediate future in the next week or two. Kofi, we will wait with bated breath, probably through the summer. I think, what, July 16th or something like that is when these guys will need to know. So the good thing is you would not be waiting as long as you did last year when we found out the last Friday in July, like July 31st or something like that, we found out that Iowa was coming back, and then the next day, Kofi announced. Don't think we're probably waiting that long, but we will not know, I would think, in the next few weeks about Kofi. And that makes an interesting position for the staff. You still probably need to go out and get another front court guy. doesn't need to be a pure center. You could get a four, a stretch four. Remember that? We always talk about the stretch four. We don't have one yet. Well, maybe you can go out and finally get one. Don't know who that would be. Uh, you can go on the message boards and there's names being thrown out and they all sound fine and good, but you probably need to operate under the assumption that Kofi's not coming back. And if he does, you'll find some way, shape, or form to make it work. I think you'll find ways to shuffle things around if Kofi does want to come back. If I sit here today and if, you know, this is always a weird way to start a <laughs> topic. If you put a gun to my head, you ever hear that before? You put a gun to my head, is Kofi coming back or not? I would lean, yes, he would. I think when all is said and done and you go through the process, as much as he would like to make that leap to the pros, there's a few things he can look at. One would be what happened with Io by coming back another year. And by all the accolades he got, the All-American honors, all Big Ten first team, and that extra year in college, that jumped Io from probably an early second round pick to a certifiable first round NBA draft pick. Now, I don't know if Kofi's ever going to get to that point because he's not your prototypical NBA center in terms of today's game. But by coming back one more year and vying for a National Player of the Year honors, all of a sudden you're back in that like Luca Garza thing where I don't know if Luca, after his junior year, I don't know if he's getting drafted. He's going to get drafted by someone in the first or second rounds. After the year that he had and the college career he had, someone will take a flyer on Luca Garza, right? So what you're doing by coming back if you're Kofi, You are ensuring that after your junior year, you're drafted. You're ensuring that because we can say with pretty much certainty, if he comes back, he will be a front runner for national player of the year. He will be all Big Ten first team. He will be a 24-point, 12-rebound a game kind of monster. It is scary to think how good he's going to be if he comes back and how much he improved over the course of last year. You do one more year of that, oh my God. That would be, we thought Io had the best single season in Illinois basketball history last year. And there's, in the regular season, there's a lot of arguments to be made for that. But Kofi, production-wise, would be doing some ridiculous things next year. I'd love to see it. We all would. I mean, God, Captain Obvious over here, we'd all love to see that. But uh, I think that there is a pitch to be made if you were Brad Underwood and the staff. And I think that Kofi would listen 
especially if a lot of the guys are returning. And that's why we watched DeMonte and Adam Miller coming up. And it's exciting, right? It's a different spot to be in than a few weeks ago where worst case scenario was starting to enter my mind. It was just a week ago that we found out that Trent's dad was on a podcast saying, yeah, he's coming back next year. And we wait a week and finally get the confirmation of that. So Trent just, oh my gosh, that's an equalizer. It really is. It is a mood equalizer. It is an equalizer in terms of, you know, how we view next season. But more than that, I think we all want Illinois basketball to get to a place where year in, year out, you know, you're going to be good. And occasionally you're going to be great. And with him coming back, you know, you're going to be good. Some level of good good enough to make the tournament and not sweat that out on Selection Sunday, right? It just raises the floor to a point where we don't need to play worst-case scenario. And a few weeks ago, I fell into that trap. And it was, it was difficult not to, the way that the season ended, and feeling like that was the perfect storm, everything came together, and then you blew it. And I said that, and I don't necessarily retract that. I mean, time will tell if, in fact, they blew it. Um, but one thing I always said is that This year's team, their legacy is going to be so much built on what comes next. And if you make a tournament this year and finish top four or five of the Big Ten, then, yeah, we're looking at last year as the beginning of a new era of stability and good basketball. We're looking at the last two years, I should say, as the foundational, okay, Illinois basketball is back. We're recruiting at a pretty high level, which they are. We're getting transfers that want to come here, which they are. We're becoming a destination again. And that's exciting. This is a feeling that we have not really had since the Bill Self era and early Bruce Weber era. But even the Bruce Weber era, by the time they made the Final Four run, you're looking at the recruiting classes and thinking, well, I mean, you got Sean Pruitt. That was a big win over Izzo for recruiting. That might have been right before the Final Four year, though. And then after your Final Four year, no offense to Chester Frazier, but that was one of your Better recruits, Chester Frazier, Jamar Smith, and one other guy, maybe Carlwell, Brian Carlwell. And that's not really where you should be when you're having that level of success. We are seeing that with a guy like Plummer, for example, last year paid off. He saw what that team did. He saw what Andre Crabello could do. Yeah, the Puerto Rican connection probably helped. But I guarantee you he watched tape on that Illinois team and said, I want to be with those guys. So that means that your success on the court is already feeding into the success you have off of it. And that's big. It is nice to feel like you are gaining some upward momentum here. And despite a jarring and a shocking loss in the tournament, no, not all momentum is lost. And you still are a cool basketball program. I've said that before. When we're winning, when Illinois is winning, it is a cool basketball program. And in the eyes of some of these younger kids, and in the case of Plummer, what is he, 22, 23 years old? Super senior, nice to have that veteran veteran kind of uh, player on the team. Yeah, you're a destination again. You're cool. So I like that. That, that, that. Back to this idea of giving a kid a blankie. This is, this is my blankie as a 34-year-old, knowing that Illinois basketball is okay. We're going to be fine. We are done with the gross era. We're done with the Weber era. The years of not making tournaments, that's behind us. I, I feel pretty good about saying that. Whew. That's a breath of fresh air, right? That's a load off. So that's Illini basketball. That was a great weekend for them. Good weekend for Illini football too. And of course, the game coming up tomorrow night, the spring game. But a couple of commits for Illinois. Starting with Hank Beatty. This kid's from Rochester, West Lunt. 
Uh, great program down there. He is a wide receiver, five foot eleven. He had interest from a few other teams. I think Iowa State was in on him with Nathan Shieldhouse. I think some other Power Five teams were looking at him as well. And there's a few reasons why this is a big pickup. For one, this coaching staff has harped on the in-state connections from the minute they got here, and they got a big in-state recruit. And they got him from a program that you'll probably get other recruits. Rochester is a machine in downstate Illinois. So that's big. Uh, To also get one this early in the recruiting period, I think says a lot. Uh, Jeremy had an article up on Alana Inquirer that if you got a premium membership, check it out, talking about how Brett Bielema apparently met with four in-state recruits and tried to sell them on this idea of be the guys in the 2022 class, be the cornerstones of that class. And by reading that, you recognize that there is a plan in place. But more than that, you also have faith that Bielema and his staff are going to put in the man hours to get it done. And at least they will not be outworked. I think that we all knew in the previous administration (laughs) they were getting outworked and that there was a certain level of work that they were not going to do. I don't think we get that sense with this coaching staff. And it helps that Bielema already knew the amount of work that it would take to be a successful college football head coach. So Hank Beattie's a big recruit from Rochester again, so you get that downstate connection. Uh, the other kid here, Hunter, let me make sure I get the last name right, Hunter w- Wittenick. Hunter Wittenick, or Wittenick. He's an offensive tackle. He's 6'7", good God, 290 pounds from New Carlisle, Indiana. Now, he is not currently uh, ranked in the 24-7 sports composite. I think that looks at other recruiting services as well. But he is a three-star on 24-7 sports' own server, or service, 130th ranked offensive tackle. He got some interest from Cincinnati. That's not a bad program. And then you see some smaller schools like Ball State and Central Michigan, even Illinois State, I think. But Bart Miller, your offensive line coach, a guy that won the press conference for sure and is sort of like if you went into a lab and tried to create an offensive line coach, you would probably come up with a Bart Miller. Just his look and the way he talks and all that his accolades from his playing days and his coaching days, that, that's basically what you would punch up in a lap. Well, this is a Bart Miller recruit, and I have some faith that this guy knows what kind of template he wants in the offensive line. Six seven two ninety, As a class of 2022 kid, that means he's got another year in high school, and then he gets here, bulks up, adds the muscle. Good Lord. That is huge. Just that alone. If he said, I got Joe Schmo from whatever Kentucky... And he's 6'7 and 290. I'd say, okay, 6'7, 290, I'll take him. And then he can hopefully mold him into a good offensive tackle. So three-star kid from 24-7 Sports. He got two commits yesterday for Illinois football ahead of the spring game on Monday. Now, there's a lot more work to be done with football recruiting. You know, the funny thing about football recruiting, because of the sheer number of kids, it's it's more difficult for me to get into that and be excited about a certain guy here or there, right? At, at the end of the day, with football recruiting, I kind of like wait until it's done. You look at where you rank in comparison to the Big Ten. But I think that we only hope for Brett Bielema to finish what? Middle of the pack in the Big Ten. And not just in terms of recruiting, but wins and losses. That's fine too. Be middle of the pack. We're fine with that. And if we go with that expectation, I think that that will be accomplished certainly with the recruiting. This is a good start for the 2022 class with plenty of room to go. But I think we can also feel fairly comfortable that when he gets things rolling, middle of the Big Ten, that is something you can accomplish here. We don't need to talk Big Ten championships unless Brett Bielema just exceeds all expectations, but it is nice to feel like you have competency 
over there. And these two commits yesterday are signs of competency, that they are getting things done and they're identifying the guys that they want and getting them early. And that is very much in the vein of a Wisconsin or an Iowa. The templates that Brett Bielema knew that we hope would work down here in Champaign. And yeah, it's encouraging on a lot of levels ahead of the spring game on Monday night. So yeah, we'll settle in tomorrow night. Watch it on Big Ten Network for the 7,500 people who are going. That's going to be a cool experience. See the basketball team, see the football team in person, in the flesh on a nice spring evening in Champaign where now the sun is out until like, what, 745, 8 o'clock almost. And it is nice to sit here on a Sunday morning, sipping my coffee and, and soaking this in. That Wait, wait a second. I think things are going to be okay. After a month where, you know, or three weeks at least, where it didn't really feel that way. Well, God, I'm trying to think here. When was that Loyola game? Four weeks ago today? I think so. Four weeks ago today. I can't tell if that four weeks was really long or really short. Like really long or really fast. As I sit here today, it feels like a lot happened in those four weeks. But the funny thing about the basketball stuff especially, Trent coming back is a surprise. But let's say Adam Miller comes back. Essentially, nothing changed from where you were four weeks ago, right? Like he announced it, but he ultimately comes back. Let's say that happens. And it would feel like a a recruiting win. I know Trevor and I were talking about this in the text thread along with Isaac that it would feel like this big monumental recruiting win if Adam Miller stays, when in actuality, nothing changes. Like you anticipated four weeks ago that he was going to be on the team. Regardless, if if we had like a health meter as Illini fans, and I've used this metaphor before, it was depleted three weeks ago, even four weeks ago. Like it was just in the red, not feeling good. At least today, it feels like we're back in the green and that there are more reasons to be optimistic and hopeful than not. So thank goodness for that. Because in the off season, that's all you can really do is prognosticate about, well, if this guy's here or that guy's here, how good are we going to be next year? But that can tide you over until the game starts. It can tide me over at least. And it seems as if we now have enough fodder to say, you know what? I like where we're going. And let's go with that. Now this week, uh, we'll try to get another podcast or two out there. We'll probably have some reaction to the spring game. As much as one can have to a spring game, an exhibition, a scrimmage, what will we learn? I don't know. I don't know. I guess if there's one thing to watch for, it's Isaiah Williams. No offense to Brandon Peters. I'm glad that you have him back because that at least adds some depth. And he could do worse at quarterback than Brandon Peters. He could. Also, for all we know, he was hamstrung by a poor coaching staff last year. Let's just call it, let's call it what it was last year. I mean, God knows I did, but poor coaching staff, including Rod Smith. <laughs> like, No offense to Rod, but probably at the end of the day, not a guy that is a great offensive coordinator. Not that we know Tony Peterson is going to be a great offensive coordinator, but you got to trust in the experience a little bit more that he would put Brandon Peters in all likelihood in a better position than Brandon was in last year. But Isaiah Williams, that's who I'm watching for because there is that hope that the light switch just, you know, flips on for him. And all of a sudden the guy that you were so excited to get in that recruiting class, becomes the guy for you on the field. And he could be. There's these intangible qualities. It seems like the players look at him um, as the guy that should be the quarterback. I mean, of course, that's not really spoken, but you saw the way that they played when he was out on the field last year. There's a magnetism that he has. And I'm hoping that that could manifest itself in him being a good passing quarterback because that's the question. Can he actually pass? So I'm watching him tomorrow. I think we all are. 
How good is Isaiah Williams, even in a scrimmage setting? Can he make some throws? We know he can run. We know that there are some explosive plays in Isaiah Williams. That's the big thing to watch tomorrow, I think, for all of us. Uh, but yeah, at least we got that to watch. Monday Night Football at Memorial Stadium. Should be fun. All right, before we get too uh, far into this 45 minutes, yeah, I think I'm, I'm tapped out. I think I've said basically the big stories out there today. So again, I mentioned earlier the Kofi thing. Um, you know, that's just going to be one of those long-term stories. Uh, don't be surprised if in the near future something comes out. Because I think it was about this time last year that Kofi and Io both said they were going to test the NBA waters mid-April. Different circumstances with the pandemic last year, but he's probably going to go through that process. So when he does, I'm going to go, you know, I'm not going to fall in that trap of, oh, God, we're losing Kofi, right? It doesn't mean you are, um, if we happen to get that news. The stories, of course, will be DeMonte and Adam Miller, and it'll be exciting if either of them commits or if both of them commit. Oh, my God. Could you imagine, like, if we come back here the next podcast and DeMonte and Adam Miller are back? It could happen. I'm just saying it could happen. Oh, as I hit my microphone. Uh, that would be huge. That would be uh, really exciting. And talk about raising the floor even more. You're really good with Kofi or not. You looked at, you're going to look dramatically different whether Kofi is here or not. That changes the complexion of what you do offensively and defensively, right? But if you want to take solace in a non-Kofi world, I think that while you may look different, drastically different, that doesn't mean that you won't still be very good. But the feature players on that team are just going to be a little bit different. That means that your scoring is going to have to come from the three-point line more than it did last year, which is fine because last year's team shot well from three. They just didn't shoot it a lot from three, right? They were efficient. They just didn't shoot you know, 20 three-pointers a game. Well, maybe you do next year, and maybe you're really good at it. So there's a lot of things to shake out, but with the Kofi thing... You know, let it play out. Don't freak out if he does announce he's going into the draft. And and then we'll just, what, wake up someday in July and hopefully get good news that he is coming back. All right, the 200 level is brought to you by DP Doe online at dpdoe.com. For all the best deals and prices, uh, go to dpdoe.com and you can get it delivered anywhere in Champaign-Urbana. Use coupon code MIKE for $5 calzones at dpdoe.com. Also, 4th and Kirby online at 4th and Use coupon code 200 level for 10% off your order at fourthandkirby.com. Also got to thank Rector Construction online at R-E-C-T-O-R-Construction.com. Uh, everything from a new roof to a crawl space inspection and everything in between. That's RectorConstruction.com. And finally, State Farm agent Brian Hansen online at BrianIsMyGuy.com. Life Auto Home Business Renters, you name it. Brian is my guy. He can be your guy as well. BrianIsMyGuy.com. Alana Inquirer and the Champagne Showers Podcast Network partners with the 200 level. Before we get out of here, this is Decadence from our latest album, Fever Dreams, Out of Your Head. We just jammed for the first time in a year. We're jamming again this afternoon. We got some shows coming up, so I'll probably be promoting that. Shameless promotion coming up on the 200 level. In the meantime, enjoy the spring game. Hopefully some more good news for Illinois basketball this week, and we'll see you soon. It is the 200 level.